Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Praise you for all you've done. Let's turn to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 1. A little slight departure from what I would normally do uh, at the beginning of the year, which would be to minister from our theme and our theme scripture, but there's a reason for this. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And then verses 26, I believe it's through 28. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 26. A lot of things happen between, yeah, to verse 26, but you can read that. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. I want to talk this morning from this thought. Make application First things first. First things first. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void. It accomplishes what you desire. And you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for what your word will accomplish in our lives. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Make application. First things first. Amen. Praise God. So we know our theme for this year is make application. And we focused in on Mark chapter, chapter 4 and James chapter 6. In Mark chapter 4, uh, the word of the Lord, Jesus is, has been teaching in the parable um, of the sower. And he talks about the seed, the word that is sown, and how the the, the, some seed fell along the pathway. The birds came along and ate it. Some fell among stony ground. It, it sprang up. It didn't have much earth. And so when the sun rose, when, and he makes application of this uh, later on in the chapter. When the sun comes up, it's, it, 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 it burns it. It dries it out. It scorches it. It, it dies. And then there is that seed that, fa that falls among the thorny ground, uh, among the thorns and the weeds and what have you, and they they grow up and they choke that 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 
seed that has germinated and tried to grow. If you've ever planted a garden, and maybe most people have it, you, you kind of can get a picture of, of what Jesus is talking about. Um, and then, of course, there is that seed that fell in good ground that, that germinated, that took root and germinated and grew and produced fruit. And he's, he's talking to us, talking to believers, as he talked to his disciples in that day, about being good soil so that when the seed of the word is sown in our lives, it will take root, it will germinate, it will grow. And the, the, the reason for the seed growing is to produce fruit. So the Lord expects in every believer's life for fruit to be produced. Uh, we're not to be just believing and nothing happens. All right. And then he says, um, he says, be careful what you hear or pay attention carefully to what you hear. All right. For with the measure that you meet out, with the measure that you give out, let's see if we can explain that. So uh, I'm cooking a pot of beans. All right. And if I put five beans in the pot, I'm only going to get five beans. <laughs> with the measure that you give. And after those five beans, I may be hungry. But I can take that pound, of, that pound bag of beans and put them in the pot and cook them, and I've got enough beans for a couple of meals with the measure that you meet out, with the measure that you give out. It will be measured back to you again. All right, so, you know, we want God to bless us, right? Everybody wants blessings. Amen, even the person that don't worship Jesus wants blessings. Amen. Amen. You know, we're always praying for people that don't love the Lord, and we want God to bless them. Mm, we, uh, don't get mad at me. I pray that this young man, Hamlin, was a believer because the church and everybody sure prayed for him. You know, I just pray he was a believer. Well, we pray for people that don't love the Lord, even in our family members. And among our family, we pray when we want God to bless them. They can live any kind of way they want to live. When trouble comes, we want God to bless them. It's like God is a genie to most people. That whatever we do, whatever way we live, whatever way we act, however we treat him, we want him, when we get in trouble, to turn around and bless us. Well, the word says, whatever measure you meet, it's going to be measured back to you again. And God watches over his word to perform his word. And we cannot bypass the standards of the scripture. All right. And, and so, so as we began, as we start talking about this, of course, we read James, faith without works is dead. Basically, it's not dealing with saving faith. All right, but even with saving faith, when you come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you make the effort to, to receive and confess Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. But that scripture is talking about the faith, that the work that comes after you have exercised faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So anybody that's saved, anybody that's really saved, amen, not just a, a, a lip profession, but if we are saved, then in our lives, we are producing work. Works of righteousness in our lives, in everybody's life, in every believer's life. There is no such thing as a believer who is committed to Jesus who sits and does nothing. Amen? Work, 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 work. He wants you to be fruitful and much blessed. So, you know, I was thinking about this theme, and then when Elder Benjamin was ministering on Thursday night, the Holy Spirit said to me, the law of, of, of um, first mention, 
And I was just thinking about why would this come up in my spirit now, the law of first mention, because she wasn't talking about the law of first mention. But she was talking about making application. All right. And, and, and the Lord said, go to the book of Genesis. And so I went to the book of Genesis and began to read. Of course, you know, I've read Genesis uh, for a long time, for many years. But when you talk about the law of first mention, some, some Bible students use the law of first mention as a guideline of study in which they find the first time a word, an idea, or a doctrine is introduced in Scripture to better understand other references. So before I go over into Galatians and start trying to understand what's written in Galatians and I see the concept in Galatians, I want to go back and find when it's first mentioned in the Bible. Because generally when it's first mentioned in the Bible, it's in its simplest form. And it's easier understood. All right. And so that's, that's, that, that's, that's what the law of first mention deals with. It goes deeper than that. So Holy Spirit started dealing with me about this. And, 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 and if you're going to make, the Lord, the Lord was saying to me, if people are going to make application, let's go back to first things first. Because a big problem with people is that they are trying to make application and they are neglecting first things. They're neglecting first things. Now, you know, of course, yes, for us, listen, well, let me just go on, okay. What are some of the Oh, okay. So we are we're trying to we're trying to do work of faith, and we're missing some of the principles that go along with that work of faith. So God has established principles in His Word. His principles work. God's principles work. Amen. His principles work. Hallelujah. Amen. For those of us who make application of those principles, they begin to work in our lives. When we're making the application of the principles from the vantage point of faith. All right. So then, if, if, if the principle says bring the tithe into the storehouse, and I'm operating from a standpoint of faith in that I want to honor God, I am not tithing to see if this will work. I am tithing because this is a principle God has established in the scriptures. And whether I get the open window or not, when I tithe the first time or the second time or the third time, my desire is to honor God. Amen. We'll talk a little bit more about this in just a moment. I was reading the other day, or listening to this, um, to this uh, uh, broadcast that I recorded way back in 2012, and this, it was a Messianic Jewish priest, Messianic Jewish means that he's a Christian uh, Jew, um, was teaching, and he talked about, one of the things he talked about was sin, and how in the original, the word deals with honor, a dishonor. Okay, so then sin is when you dishonor God. That takes on a totally different perspective because you can dishonor God when you're in your house by yourself. You don't have to offend me to have dishonored God. 
But when we get the concept of honor and dishonor, then we understand the whole concept of what sin is. Sin is not simply disobeying God. Sin goes to the point of dishonoring God, that you have failed to honor God by your actions, by your attitudes, by even your thoughts. Do you ever have to repent of your thoughts? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, you have to repent of your thoughts. Amen. Let me tell you something. People will sit up and worship and judge other folk that are worshiping. You need to stop that. Stop that. Deal with you. Deal with you. You worship. If you got to close your eyes, close them so it can just be you and God. But don't judge and say that person is not sincere or that person is putting on a show. Stop doing that. You're dishonoring God because now you have judged another brother or sister. (laughs) And that judgment is going to come back to you. Oh, yes, somebody's going to look at you and say, he ain't sincere. She ain't sincere. Anyway, yeah. So, so, so then, so the principles that God has established in his word work for those of us who will work them from the vantage point of faith, not to see if they work, but because we want to honor, we want to honor God. And faith is important. Um, faith is important because God knows and God pays attention to a person's heart. This, this thing of honoring God is important because God is looking at your heart. He's not looking at what you do. He, he, he sees what you do. He hears what you say. But he knows the intentions of your heart, your being. Yeah, he's looking at that. We judge the outward appearance. But God is looking at the heart. So this issue of honoring God and faith in honoring God is important because this is what God is looking for. So, so how do I tie all of this into first things, into this first chapter of, of Genesis? What are some of the first things in the book of beginnings that we, that we must pay attention to and make application of if we want to receive the benefits of serving the true and living God? Because they just don't come. Now, there are, there are instances when it rains, it will rain on the just and the unjust, you know. Well, now, sometimes it might rain on one side of Rock Hill and not on the other side, but that's just the way the clouds go. God is not being picking and choosing. But when we talk about daily the Lord loads me with benefits, that doesn't apply to everybody. Mm. Doesn't apply to everybody. It's, 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 it's for believers. It's for those who walk in faith, who, who understand, listen now, listen clearly to me, who understand that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and operate from that principle. And you got to operate from that principle because, because one of the ways that the devil will block you from being open to what God wants to do in your life is that the devil will start pointing out 
where you're wrong in your life and what you've done wrong, what you said, said wrong. So you have to operate from the principle, I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ alone. We, we look to Jesus. We depend on Jesus and Jesus alone. What do you mean, preacher? Well, it, it means that I don't get everything right. But when God looks at me, he doesn't look at me in, in, in and of me, myself, and I. He looks at me through Jesus. And because of my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I understand how to appropriate that faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, God sees a righteous son. You have to appropriate that thing because some people don't know how to appropriate that. They don't know how to use that. So they, they judge themselves and they condemn themselves and they live under condemnation and they can't see the blessings of the Lord that he wants to pour out in their lives. And every time they try to move forward, the devil will throw something up in their face and then they take a few steps backwards because they don't know how to appropriate the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. And not only that, but when we start living under the fact that we're the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ, then we start wanting to live more like God wants us to live. We don't continue in sin just so grace can abound. We not only have that righteousness attributed to us, but we want to be that righteous son or that righteous daughter. That's totally different from the person that doesn't care. That's totally different from the person who can come to church and then go out and live any kind of way and has no kind of thought about what they do, how they honor or dishonor God. Yeah. So, what are these first things? And is this making any sense to anybody? Well, it's gonna go, it'll make some more sense. Amen. Let's go on. In this book of beginnings, what, is, what are the things that we must pay attention to? You know, the Lord reminded me of an old saying. Don't put the cart before the horse. <sighs> and sometimes we put the cart, when it comes to being Christians, we put the cart before the horse. Carts are inanimate objects that need an animate or living being was able to move the cart forward. We're not inanimate objects, okay? But before receiving Jesus as Savior and Lord, we are dead in trespasses and sin, cut off from the covenant of promise and the God of that covenant, and therefore we have no spiritual life. And in our lesson on, on Wednesday night, it pointed out that one of the most difficult things for an unbeliever to grasp is that they are dead in sin. When it comes to God, they are dead to the things of God. Because here we are, we are, we are living people. We are feeling, we're touching, you know, uh, blood is flowing through our veins. So we don't make the connection, we're dead to the things of God. You talk to some people, and again, you know, we don't want to judge folk. But if you don't spend any time in the presence of the Lord, I underline Wednesday night in one of those scriptures, no, no, no. It talks about knowing God. People will tell you all the time, I know God. 
Do you know him or do you know about him? There's a total, total difference. Knowing him is like you know your wife, or you know your husband. There's an intimate relationship or you know your children. There's an intimate relationship. Knowing about him is like you read about Donald Trump. I know Donald Trump. Yeah, because you read about him, but you don't know him intimately. You don't, you know, personally. A lot of people say they know God. Well, if you know him, what are you doing about that knowledge that you have of him? Because if you know him, there are some things that are required of you. Let me, let me move on because I'm jumping way ahead of myself. So let's, let's see what we discover in this very first chapter of Genesis that speaks to our theme, making application. First things first. What truths can we glean from this first chapter of Genesis? Now, I can go through the whole chapter, but I won't. Very first truth, and everybody's going to say, oh, I know that. Very first truth. God is creator, owner, and sovereign over his creation. In the beginning, God, read the whole chapter. And as you read the chapter, it says, and God said, let there be, and there was. And God said, let there be, and there was. And God said, let there be, and there was. And God said, let there be, and there was. God is establishing his sovereign authority over his creation. And we will assent to that. We will say, I know that. Well, well, if you know that God is sovereign, if you know, and what does sovereign mean? Sovereign means that he is the ruler. So he created the world. He created everything that's in the world. He created mankind. Amen. He created Adam and Eve. We are descendants of Adam and Eve. The seed is within the man, the egg within the woman, so procreation can take place. The seed is in the plant, so he doesn't have to recreate a tree every week or every day. The seed is there. The seed will take root. The seed will reproduce. But in the beginning... God said, God establishes his sovereign power, his sovereign authority, his authority, his sovereign rule over his creation. This very first chapter establishes the preeminence and the sovereignty of God over everything that he created, including mankind, you and me. If we're going to receive the blessings of God in our lives, how do we appropriate the fact that God is sovereign? How will you make an application in your life that God is sovereign? Are you just singing the song sovereign? Just singing it. He can do whatever he wants to do, whatever he wants. But what about his sovereignty in your life? What about his rulership in your life? How are you honoring the God who created you? How are you honoring the God who created everything in this world? God said, make application. Make application. You say, well, you know, I got problems. I struggle. Well, we all have problems. We all struggle with things. 
But when we honor God as sovereign and we submit to his authority, then we put ourselves in a position where the God who is sovereign, who has all power, who creates, amen, out of nothing, who speaks and things come to pass. Can you get a picture of God speaking in your life when there are things that are not going right and God just says, this is going to happen, and it happens? God has to be first above everything. God has to be first above everybody. First, Genesis establishes his preeminence, his authority, his sovereign rule. And we must honor God first. First. I know we fall in love and we say, oh, I love you more than anything else. Well, you just said that you love that person more than you love God. And some of us act that way. You know, you heard people say, blood is thicker than water. So you have families that stick together. Well, you better be careful. Because your family might do something that doesn't honor God. Are you going to stick with them when they do that? You got your ride and die buddy. You know, we say a whole lot of things we pick up from the world. You know, I understand and I think sometimes that that's probably why a lot of some people don't like me and you know because some things I just don't just don't buy into and just don't say we say stuff we hear things in the world and we repeat it that's your ride or die buddy well what if Jesus says get out of the car you need to get out of the car because if that person is going to die and you stay in the car you're going to die with them We must honor God first. When it comes to making application, when it comes to doing the works of faith, it starts with us honoring God first. First. That's why I said, don't judge people. If you honor God, you're not going to be worried about judging other people. Yeah. Your concern is going to be that God is honored through your praise, through your worship. Saints, 2023 is a new day and brings, will bring some different things in tabernacle of praise. It's going to start with us honoring God in our attitudes as we relate to one another. Amen. As we relate to the outside community. Amen. As we see that God has called all of us, you know, I'm not appointing an evangelism committee because that never works. It's never really worked in Ethiopia. All of us are evangelists. So we're going to all do it. Amen. And we're not going to do it when we call it a Saturday to go out. We're going to do it every day. Amen. On your job. Amen. In your school. Amen. In Walmart. Amen. Because we will see and honor the God who is sovereign over our lives and we're submitted to his sovereignty. Yeah, and and if in Peter, uh, hmm? well, it's either First Peter, I think it is. It might be Second Peter two nine. Peter talks about us being a royal priesthood, a holy nation. He says we are created for what reason? We are created for what reason? You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Thank you. 
Hallelujah. Are you all awake? Yes, sir. Amen. Word people, I know you know that scripture. We are created for the praises of God's glory. That's why you're here. That's why you exist. For the praise of God's glory. So that means that in your daily life, you're honoring God. In your attitude, you're honoring God. In your actions, in your reactions, you're honoring God. And when you see that you've said something or that you've done something that doesn't dishonor God, you repent. And you ask God to forgive you. And if you've offended someone, you go to that person. You ask that person to forgive you because you want to honor God. And don't deceive yourself. Don't deceive yourself. Just be honest with yourself. Oh, I didn't know. Mm. Sometimes we do things and we know what we're doing. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Yeah. Revelation 4 and 11 says, Worthy, worthy are you, o our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. So he's worthy of our praise. The scripture declares that God is worthy of the honor, worthy of the glory, worthy of our obedience, worthy of our worshiping him. Is established in Genesis preeminence. He's worthy. He's a God to be honored. And Christians, we can't just sing in the praise team or preach in the pulpit and not honor God in our lives. We got to honor God. First things first, make application. So as you go through this, just start now. January is just, just the 8th. We got 23 more days in January. Goodness. Pay attention to how you honor God in your life, in your words, in your relationships. Husbands, pay attention to how you honor God with your wife. And wives, pay attention to how you honor God with your husband. Watch this little tongue, this little member that creates a great big fire. And sometimes you get aggravated That's right. and say things you have no business. Am I talking to anybody? Amen. Nobody else does that but me. Amen. <laughs> and those of you who are not married, amen. Watch how you talk to your children. You know, sometimes your children can get on your nerves, can't they? Yeah, you raised them though. Honor God. Honor him. A second truth that we glean from this chapter that we must apply is that God has delegated authority in the earth realm. Mm. Make application. Make application of the fact that God has delegated authority in the earth realm. So, let's see. Verse 26 says, uh, verse 26 says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image. Uh, am I talking to mankind in here today? Amen. I don't see any cats or dogs. I see people. Amen. <laughs> let us make mankind in our image. Uh, yeah. 
uh, in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea. Now, we like the word rule. Yeah, we like to rule. Don't we like to rule over, over things, right? Yeah, you know. You know, one of the things that, that, that sometimes we have to work on is we have to work on that spirit of witchcraft, which is the spirit of control. You try to control things and control people. Now, now some people say, I don't know if I said this before, but some people say that women have a more, more of a control issue than men. Yeah. Well, it could be because God created you to, to, to carry the seed, to carry that child for nine months, you know, and to hold that seed and to give birth. And you, 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 you develop that spirit of taking care of your, your, your children and watching over your children. But sometimes you try to transfer that into a relationship with your husband. And so that, that, that can work. We like the word rule. Give me a position so I can rule. <laughs> so let, that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Uh, and verse 20 says, and God blessed him and said, be fruitful and, and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds of the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So, 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 so what we see is God delegating authority to mankind. God has given us responsibility to take care of what he has placed in the earth realm. We didn't place it here. We only have the benefit of what God has done. Amen. And we are to manage it. We are to watch over it. This is the whole concept of stewardship. Make application, saints. In 2023, make application of the fact that God has delegated authority to you. How are you managing what God has put in your care? How are you managing your children? How are you managing your relationship with your spouse? How are you managing the resources God has put in your hand? How, 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 how are you managing your gifts and your abilities? Amen? The Bible says a manifestation of the Spirit has been given to everybody for the benefit of us all. How are you managing your gifts? You have been delegated the authority over what God has put in the earth realm. We see it here in Genesis. Let's make application. Because faith without work is dead. If we are not applying what the Bible is teaching us, and this is the first place that we see this mentioned in Scripture. Very simple. Very clear. Manage what I, what I, what I put in the earth realm. You didn't do it. You didn't do it. So that, that, that gift to speak is not just because you went to school. A whole lot of people went to school. They can't speak well. How are you managing what God gave you? How are you managing the resources that God has given you? You know, this is a big challenge for us. Because sometimes we see immigrants who come to the United States and they do quite well. And we look at ourselves and we struggle. 
And we wonder why. But how are we managing what God gave us? How are we managing the little bit that we have? You know, we want, I'm guilty. I remember when I was younger, I didn't, I just wanted to live in a nice apartment. I didn't think about investing in a house. But I definitely taught my son that he needed to buy a house. You don't rent for years and years and years and years and years. But you stop making an investment. We'll talk about what we don't have, but what do we have? What has God put in our hands? And how are we using? How are you managing your resources? Are you faithful in your giving? 10%. If you just took the minimum and gave, you still have 90 left over. Now with that 90%, you may have to go to the grocery store and buy food and cook. You can't go to the, you can't go out to eat every week. You might have to buy some bread and make a sandwich to take the work. You may have to fast sometime. Not because you want to be more spiritual, but because there's no food in the house. Then you get the benefit. Do you understand what I'm saying? We are managers. How are you taking care of your car? You realize that if you take care of that car and you service it on a regular basis, that you have less problems with breakdowns? And when a car breaks down, then it costs more money to fix it? How are you managing? I know this is just boring to everybody, but that's okay. That's okay. This is what the Lord gave me to give to you. We stun out here, right? God says we got to make application. This is a practical thing. When you study the book of James, it deals with, it deals with practical religion, practical faith. And we got to get back to it. We want to prophesy. We want to, yes, glory to the name of Jesus. We do have the ability to speak those things that be not as though they were and see them come to pass. But that's from a standpoint of faith. But we want to come and we want to get a prophetic word from the Lord and we want to see it come to pass without managing what God has put in our hands. Bishop Smith talked about it the other night. You won't take care of that, uh, uh, of that little bit God gave you, yet you want him to give you more. The Bible says, who will commit to you true riches? God doesn't waste his resources so God is looking for faithful people who understand that we are managers. Most churches talk about stewardship in November. That's Stewardship Sunday. We want to make sure we raise our budget before the end of the year. No. The true believer who is committed to the Lord and understands managing God's resources does not have to be challenged to give. Amen. You don't have to challenge me to give. When I started drawing Social Security, I was glad to write my tithe check. We got a raise this year. I was glad to add the increase to my tithe. Nobody had to tell me. When people bless me with finances, nobody has to tell me to give more to the kingdom of God. I understand my place in the kingdom. 
God has delegated authority to me. Nobody has to tell me to get up on Sunday and be in the house of the Lord. Sunday is the day that we set aside for corporate worship. When my body does not feel like it, I'm pressing my way out of the bed. Amen. If I'm asleep, I'll go get me some coffee or something to try to wake me up because I want to be in the house of the Lord. You don't have to tell me when I go on vacation to find a place to worship. You ain't got to tell me. I'm not sleeping in. No, 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 no. If I'm somewhere, we were in Jamaica and we didn't know where to go. Somebody said, well, there's no church around here. Someone, okay, so we turn on, 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 on Facebook Live so we could be in corporate worship virtually. You got to tell me. I understand who I am. And I understand what God has done for me. Listen, maybe you don't know what God has done for you. Well, we just finished singing. I just want to thank you. I want to praise you for all you've done for me. Listen, maybe God hadn't done anything for you, but I know what he's done for me. I know what God has brought me from. Glory to the name of Jesus. I remember when we had to go to the spring and get water. I remember when we had to use the outhouse. I remember when there were 10 children in a three-bedroom house and one in the bedroom belonged to mom and daddy. I remember when we had to cut wood and make a fire in the morning. I remember Remember glory to the name of Jesus where God has brought me from and what God has done for me. I know when that doctor said glory to the name of Jesus, you've got a tumor in your body and it's cancerous. And I didn't hear him when he, when he said, we don't expect you to live eight months. But I remember when I heard him say it, I gave glory to God because I'd already lived nine years. I know what God has done for me. So you don't have to tell me to praise him. You don't have to tell me to give him glory. You don't have to tell me to give him honor. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I learned to make application. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, I don't have to hear a song. I just got to think of the goodness of Jesus. Sometimes I'm laying in my bed at night and I'm thinking about the goodness of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't have to hear somebody preach a message. I just have to think of the goodness of Jesus. Nobody has to say anything. It's already in my mind. It's already in my spirit. When I think. Hallelujah. Of the goodness of Jesus. And all he's done for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can give you the count after count after count after count. Thank God for staying in the Lord long enough to know him for myself. Oh, yeah. I used to hear my grandmama talk about the Lord. I used to hear my mom and daddy talk about the Lord. And daddy would take us to Sunday school. Daddy would make sure we were in Sunday school. Amen. Even when it was snow on the ground, we would have Sunday school at home. Because daddy made sure we were in the word of God. Know what God has brought me from. So when I think the goodness of Jesus, all that he's done for me, 
I'm going to make my way to the house of worship. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to have to wave my hand when I'm riding in my car. I was watching a video the other day, and the lady had to pull over to the side of the road so Grandmama could get out and dance on the side of the road. Hallelujah. I was in the Fox Theater in Atlanta, Georgia, and they were doing this play. And glory to the name of Jesus, the song that they were singing began to minister to me. And up in Fox Theater, I began to dance and give God praise. It didn't make any difference who was looking at me. It didn't make any difference what they thought about me. I was thinking about what God yeah. Yeah. Yes, Lord. Woo. Yeah. So he's delegated authority to us. Out of that authority, out of that right, we begin to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Nobody has to tell us to worship him. Oh, yeah. Woo. Uh, I was, I told you, I'm, I'm almost finished. See, my wife came in the door, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, the, the doctor said, give yourself a whole month. He said, he said give yourself a month, you know, and a month not up yet, but that's okay. Woo, I'm okay. Hallelujah. Yeah, I told you about the time I was, I went to, not, not my wife, but I was in college and I went to see my girlfriend. She, that was before I met my wife. <laughs> and uh, it was on, it was on New Year's Eve night and she lived in Hemingway, South Carolina. And I was determined to get back to watch night service. So I left in time to get back to watch night service, but my car broke down on the road. In Hemingway, between Hemingway and something, I don't know if you've ever been down that way. I don't know what road it was, but let me tell you, it was dark. Now, I come from Blair, and it's dark in Blair, but, but Hemingway was dark. My car broke down. I was scared. I didn't know what to do. There was a house there, and I needed to knock on the door to call somebody because that was the day that we didn't have cell phones. No, we didn't have cell phones. If they had them, I didn't have one. And, and so I finally got enough nerve to go knock on these people's door so I could call somebody. They let me in and make the phone call. But I was determined. So I called up one of my friends. You know, and you call me religious if you want to call me religious. But this is where I am in the Lord. I called up one of my friends and I knew that they were going to be in watch night. And I wanted to just, I wanted to at least be a part of the prayer as they crossing over into two, whatever year that was. 1970 something. All right, yeah. So, so there, how did I call up one of my friends then? I don't know what I did. I don't know what I did, but I know one thing. I was determined that I was going to be in worship. I know what I did. I, when I called up one of my friends in Columbia, I said, come and get me so that I can make it to worship. I didn't get back to Blair, but I got back to Columbia because I was determined. Call me religious if you want to call me religious. But I wanted to be in the presence of the Lord. I wanted to be among the corporate saints. I've never looked for a reason not to go to the corporate worship. I look for a reason to go. I want to be a part of the saints. Folk can do what they want to do. They can act crazy. They can run. They can jump. They can do all kinds of things. But I want to be a part 
of the corporate worship. That's part of my responsibility, which brings me to my last point. See, we like the concept of authority and rule and the right that we have. But it's not just something that God gives us just for us to have it. We have responsibility. Now make application of the responsibility you have as a child of God. Responsibility. Because authority sounds just wonderful. It sounds wonderful. When you're delegated authority in tabernacle of praise, sounds wonderful to have the title. But what are you going to do with the title? I told the Lord, this was my prayer. When I resigned from being the bishop of the full gospel of state of South Carolina for the full gospel Baptist church fellowship, I said, Lord, I understand the role of a bishop. I don't want the title without the responsibility that comes along with it. You're not going to just be calling me bishop and I'm sitting up here in tabernacle of praise. Just call, if that's all I got, just call me pastor. But if I'm going to walk in the role, have the title, I want the responsibility. I want you, Father, to give me churches to cover. Give me pastors to cover. Because a title is really a job description. Responsibility comes along with it. So in 2023, saints, as we make application, as we talk about faith without works is dead, make application of the responsibility you have, responsibility you have that comes along with you, first of all, being a child of God. Secondly, that authority has been delegated to you. Now, you may not necessarily have a title within the congregation, but as a child of God, authority has been delegated to you. And we can talk a whole lot more about that authority, but I won't talk about that right now. You have responsibility that comes with that authority. God said to Adam and God said when they created man, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Look at the person sitting next to you, across from you, behind you, say, be fruitful and multiply. Tell them again, be fruitful and multiply. In 2023, be fruitful and multiply. Now, those of y'all who are young enough to have children, you can be fruitful and multiply that way. But let's birth some folk in the kingdom. Let's birth some folk in the kingdom. Be fruitful and multiply. It's your responsibility. Pray for the sick that they may recover. Meet the needs of a person. Don't just say go and be filled. Meet the needs. Don't take your tithe and go and meet somebody's need. You bring the tithe to the storehouse. You meet that need out of that which you left over or come to the church and let's see what we can do to help them out. See, some people want to just take the tithe and then go, no, the tithe belongs to God. 
Be fruitful and multiply. God has given you a world. He's given you a sphere of influence in the world. He's given you a garden he's placed you in. Tend it. Till it. Fertilize it. With prayer. Water. Word. Plant seed. Take care of that seed. And watch it grow. Watch it grow. You not only have authority, but you have responsibility. The very first chapter of the Bible. The very first chapter. First things. First. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void. It accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. So this morning, maybe there is someone who would like to rededicate yourself to the Lord and to serving him with your whole heart, honoring him as God, as sovereign, giving him the preeminence in your life, making him first before everything else. Let's stand. Maybe there's someone who's never received Jesus as Savior and Lord. If you're here, if you're watching us online, and you want to give your life to Christ, or if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, we want to give you that opportunity to do that right now. I'm going to lead you in a prayer of confession if you're not saved. We'll do that first. Jesus gave his life as a sacrifice for the sins of humanity to reconcile mankind to God. We see that God created mankind in his own image, his own likeness. Why did God create us? So that we could serve the devil? No. God created us for himself. Yes, Satan entered in. Eve listened. Adam listened. They fell from grace. But God restored. We see it in, in the first book of the Bible. And we see how through Jesus, God was working to reconcile mankind to him. Because we're still gods. We still belong to God. We do not belong to ourselves. And we have to come to the point, we should 
come to the point that we want to honor God in our lives. So if you're here today, or you're listening to me online, hear me. Jesus died, shed his blood, satisfied the righteous requirement of God's law to make it possible for any of us who want to, to be reconciled to God. Do you want to? If you want to, if it's your will, if this is your desire, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But Lord, I believe that you died on the cross to satisfy the righteous requirement of God's law on my behalf so that I could be saved. Jesus, I believe you died for me to reconcile me to God. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Save me. I surrender my life to you. And I receive you today as my Savior and my Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, the Lord heard you. And the Lord has honored your request. What we would like for you to do, give us the information on our Facebook. Um, if you're writing in the comment section, if you're watching us, someone is watching the broadcast, they will see the comments you make or either go to our website, topraise.org, and there's a section there for you to uh, write to us and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. Someone will follow up with you. Because it's important that you not only start, but you continue this walk with the Lord. And we want to help you in that process. So write to us and let us know of the decision that you've made. If you want to rededicate your life, if there's anybody in here that wants to rededicate your life to the Lord. God is married to the backslider. The Bible says if we confess our sin... God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He's waiting on you. A simple prayer of confession and rededication. Lord Jesus, I strayed away from you. But today, I rededicate my life to you. Forgive me, Lord, the sins that I've committed cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I give my life to you to be used for your glory. I thank you for forgiving me and restoring me. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. 
or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.